Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the April 28th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. So today we'll be looking at numbers 963 to 970 of the Catechism. Paragraph 6. Mary, Mother of Christ, Mother of the Church. 963. Since the Virgin Mary's role in the mystery of Christ and the Spirit has been treated, it is fitting now to consider her place in the mystery of the Church. The Virgin Mary is acknowledged and honoured as being truly the Mother of God and of our Redeemer. She is clearly the Mother of the members of Christ, since she has, by her charity, joined in bringing about the birth of believers in the Church who are members of its head, Mary, Mother of Christ, Mother of the Church. 1. Mary's motherhood with regard to the Church, wholly united to her Son. 964. Mary's role in the Church is inseparable from her union with Christ and flows directly from it. This union of the Mother with the Son in the work of salvation is made manifest from the time of Christ's virginal conception up to his death. It is made manifest above all at the hour of his passion. Thus, the Blessed Virgin, advanced in her pilgrimage of faith and faithfully persevered in her union with her Son unto the cross. There she stood in keeping with the divine plan, enduring with her only begotten Son the intensity of his suffering, joining herself with his sacrifice in her mother's heart and lovingly consenting to the immolation of this victim born of her, to be given by the same Christ Jesus, dying on the cross as a mother to his disciple, with these words, Woman, behold your son. 965. After her son's ascension, Mary aided the beginnings of the church by her prayers. In her association with the apostle and several women, we also see Mary by her prayers imploring the gift of the Spirit who had already overshadowed her in the Annunciation, also in her Assumption. 966. Finally, the Immaculate Virgin, preserved free from all stain of original sin, when the course of her earthly life was finished, was taken up body and soul into heavenly glory and exalted by the Lord as Queen over all things, so that she might be the more fully conformed to her Son, the Lord of Lords and conqueror of sin and death. The Assumption of the Blessed Virgin is a singular participation in her Son's resurrection and an anticipation of the resurrection of other Christians. In giving birth you kept your virginity. In your dormition you did not leave the world, O Mother of God, but were joined to the source of life. You conceived the living God and by your prayers will deliver our souls from death. She is our mother in the order of grace, 967, by her complete adherence to the Father's will, to the, his Son's redemptive work, and to every prompting of the Holy Spirit, the Virgin Mary is the Church's model of faith and charity. Thus she is a preeminent and wholly unique member of the Church. Indeed, she is the exemplary realization, the typus of the, of the Church, 968. Her role in relation to the Church and to all of humanity goes still further. In a wholly singular way, she cooperated by her obedience, faith, 
hope and burning charity in the Saviour's work of restoring supernatural life to souls. For this reason, she is a mother to us in the order of grace. 969. This motherhood of Mary in the order of grace continues uninterruptedly from the consent which she loyally gave at the Annunciation and which she sustained without wavering beneath the cross until the eternal fulfilment of all the elect, taken up to heaven, she did not lay aside this saving office, but by her manifold intercession continues to bring us the gifts of eternal salvation. Therefore the Blessed Mary is invoked in the Church under the titles of Advocate, Helper, Benefactress and Mediatrix. 970. By Mary's function as Mother of Men, in no way obscures or diminishes this unique mediation of Christ, but rather shows its power. But the Blessed Virgin's salutary influence on men flows forth from the superabundance of the merits of Christ, rests on his mediation, depends entirely on it, and draws all of its power from it. No creature could ever be counted along with the incarnate Word and Redeemer, But just as the priesthood of Christ is shared in various ways both by his ministers and his faithful, and as the one goodness of God is radiated in different ways among his creatures, so also the unique mediation of the Redeemer does not exclude but rather gives rise to manifold cooperation which is but a sharing in this one source. Okay, so we've moved on, obviously you've noticed, but we've moved on to dealing with the role of the Virgin Mary. That this um, uh, this role of Mary in the Church, which is a very important role, obviously. Uh, devotion to Our Lady is one of the most important aspects of Christianity. And while yeah, at the end of what we read today, it's saying that yes, that it's not on the same level as Christ. So Mary gets her goodness from her son and she doesn't take his place and she can't nor does she want to but she can't take his place because everything good in mary comes from christ that there's a difference i suppose you could say in her um uh that she's wholly united to to christ and that he saves her in a different way to the way he saves us he redeems her in a different way to the way he redeems us But nonetheless, she is still saved and redeemed and purified by her son, except her purification arrived before her her conception, the Immaculate Conception. But that this is the role of Mary, that she is mother of the church, mother of Christ, and that she has this this, um, special role in the church. And I think it's one of the aspects of uh, Christianity that the doctrines on Mary flow automatically. From the doctrines on Christ. So in order for Christ to be God. Mary has to be the mother of God. We don't believe in adoptionism. Whereby Jesus was born as a regular guy. And at a certain point God adopted him. And made him God. No. For all of his existence he was God. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And from the very moment of his conception. He was God. Obviously he was God before this as well because he was existing in the Trinity. But from the moment of his conception, it wasn't that, um, I don't know, that uh, 
that there was a great guy called Jesus who was um, somehow or other possessed by God or taken over by God or co-opted by God or that there was some sort of a, you know, either that there was a hostile takeover, that like a possession in a horror movie or else it was something like uh, that he was so good that he decided. No. Jesus was always God. Even before he was Jesus. Even before he was born, historically. He existed as the second person of the Trinity from the dawn of creation, from before creation. And that this um, existence of God, of, of Christ, or this existence of the Logos, of the second person of the Trinity, then necessarily affects Mary. That she is the one that is most united to her son. And through this union with her son, through this union with Christ, so many graces flow that when we're close to God, good things can come from us, that we can do good things. The Catholic faith always says that the human person can do good and with the help of God can do great good and that if any one of us is truly Christian, we will be doing good, okay? We're weak, we're sinners. Mary, in a sense, was the same. She wasn't, she didn't fall into sin. She never committed any sin. But that her goodness comes from this relationship with Christ, her son. And this allowed her to, um, really, to uh, to be kind of like an icon of where the church is going. I mean, we'll be looking at that, I think, the day after tomorrow, this icon of Mary. But that this um, this role of Mary in the church, as I said, the Catechism gives a very short section. I mean, there's two other days that we'll be dealing with it. But, uh, and each of those two days is just one paragraph each. But um, uh, it's a short section, but it's very, very important. This role of Mary in the church, that it's something that we can't get rid of, that we can't put between brackets. That True, we shouldn't become um, a church that is just about the Virgin Mary, because you couldn't be a church that's just about the Virgin Mary, because she's entirely dependent on her son. She's entirely... Uh, close to him and she wouldn't want that herself but that uh, even if if there was no Christ Mary wouldn't have been able to have been immaculately conceived so um, so anyway so we'll continue this looking at this tomorrow and tomorrow there's just the one paragraph and tomorrow we'll be looking at number 971 of the Catechism God bless <laughs>